Hi there, I'm Roland Vibe, and thank you for joining my podcast. So it's been about five months since the last, last podcast, and um, there's good reason for that. The last, uh, last episode was March 13th, Friday, March 13th, which by all accounts was the first day of shutdown due to COVID, and we've been kind of busy for the last five months. So um, here we are. Thank you for joining. Um, today is going to be pretty much a general discussion, um, nothing too technical. I think um, what I'd like to cover are some of the uh, issues associated with running a professional services firm in, in this environment. Um, all businesses, regardless of what they do, are impacted by the COVID pandemic. And certainly I don't want to purport that professional services firms have it tougher than certain other industry sectors. If you're in the, in the retail or restaurant uh, uh, sector, the issues that you're facing are far greater than what's being faced by professional services firms. Um, which doesn't mean professional services firms aren't impacted and doesn't mean that the issues we're facing are inconsequential, but they're certainly not as existential um, as they are uh, in other sectors. Um, when I talk about professional services firms, um, I'm going to focus mo- mainly on, on those types of organizations that, that sell their time. I mean, certainly would apply to financial services, uh, banking, insurance, uh, investment advisory services. But um, in particular, I'm going to focus on uh, accountants and lawyers, organizations that, whose, whose product is their time, and, and kind of look at some of the issues that they're facing. So um, with that in mind, I'm going to start off with um, just you know, some of the news that's been out there. I mean, a lot of, uh, a lot of companies are, are talking about making this work from home arrangement somewhat permanent. Uh, Shopify, I think, was the first out of the gate, uh, and some of the larger uh, financial institutions have, have talked about that. So, you know, the question first comes up is, is this really permanent? It, it's hard to say. I mean, you know, I take some of these organizations at their face value that they are going to make this permanent. Um, but my sense would be, and maybe I'm being a little cynical here, that some of those claims were kind of headline grabbers. Um, and I think when we sit down, and I'd like to do, you know, a one-year follow-up to see how how off the mark or on the mark I might have been. But I think if we sit here a year from now, some of these claims of permanent work from home uh, may be somewhat exaggerated and we're probably just, like I said, headline grabbers. Um, but you know, there's certainly that reality. Um, some organizations um, don't have that luxury. I mean, work from home is great. It's a stopgap measure. And I would certainly put our, or our organization in that category. Uh, since the pandemic uh, started, we've been working from home, and for reasons which I'll get into, um, you know that can be, quote unquote, semi-permanent. But you know, I think at some point our, our goal uh, and our wish would be to kind of return to maybe not the exact ways of old, but certainly bring some of the elements of the old way of doing business back into into how we operate. So, so let's talk about some of the difficulties. Um, you know, the the issues with running a, a professional services firm, I, I don't think they're, they're technological issues. I think uh, the technology was there before. I think the pandemic has accelerated the adoption of it. So to, for, for organizations to say, you know, we can't operate because, you know, the technology's not there is, is not the case. I mean, if you're, if you're making those kind of claims, then I just don't think you've, you've implemented things properly. So from my perspective, it's not, not technology at all. Uh, provided you're willing to to invest the time and money to to implement it, I think technology will not be a limiting factor. 
I think you know the the general problems that most professional services firms are facing um, are really you know, fall under the category of efficiency. So um, you know many organizations you know projects involve multiple people, um, and we've kind of from day one um, designed processes from the ground up to be based on people working together under one roof. Um, you know. You pop. You have an issue. You kind of pop into someone's office. You talk about it. Um, projects kind of move from person to person as they kind of go through different levels of review. In the case of an accounting firm, and and everything was predicated on you know someone being just down the hall from you. So with that removed, suddenly we have to, to fill that void with with technology. Um, so you know. Products like Microsoft Teams, Zoom Video, will allow us to do that. But certainly at this point, uh, you know, people are still figuring out how to integrate that into into their day-to-day -day work lives. So I think the efficiencies that we've expected and have counted on, and how people have priced their product, um, are changing. Um, and I think, um, although you know, five months might be a long time to actually figure this out, I think we're still in early stages in terms of trying to make to redesign processes and trying to um, to fill the old way of doing fill that void that's left by the lack of uh, human side-by-sideness or human interaction and to supplement that with technology so I think we're still trying to figure that out and um, you know people are having various uh, levels of success with that so the question would be like wh why are you not as efficient as you used to be if you're working from home you don't have the same commute time um, you know you've you've got more time to yourself if you're not spending an hour back and forth each day so that that's true um, but you know just an example of that would be uh, those who have uh, kids at home um, and may not have the luxury or or a spouse who's also working from home and in, in perhaps a small space so you might not have the luxury of actually you know sitting down at eight o'clock in a, at 8 a.m. and working for until 4 p.m. so the 8 to 4 kind of routine or 9 to 5 routine that you had in the office is uh, sometimes difficult to do because it requires a certain level of discipline if you're at home or simply the fact that there's interruptions. So, so now where you, you, know, you would have counted on everybody being under one roof from nine to five, um, you know, suddenly now people are still putting in their hours but they're doing it on a more staggered basis. So you have people who may be uh, not able to work eight to four, nine to five and are working a few extra hours at night. So when you have uh, an organization where everybody has a staggered schedule, um, you know, when, when workflows require interaction or they require something moving from one person to another, uh, that is difficult now that you don't have everybody working that same work schedule. So that's just, just one example of, of where the efficiencies would be, would be more difficult. The, the other thing that I, um, is on the recruiting side. So a lot of organizations, um, you know, had face-to-face -face recruiting. So most professional services firms, um, we we require, we need, we uh, we thrive on having bright young new people come into into the profession. Um, and now, you know, a lot of that that recruiting was done on campus, was done through human interaction and trying to to sell your business versus one of your competitors. And now, 
that that level of human interaction is is removed at least temporarily on the recruiting side everybody's having to reevaluate how we we bring new people and new talent or how we find it so um, you know having someone who is a wonderful candidate that you'd love to have in your organization and taking him for an office tour and getting him to meet people is the way we used to do things um, and now um, you know that's difficult you, you everybody's kind of doing things over zoom uh, or Microsoft Teams. So it, it's just, you know, it's not that it, it doesn't work. It's just completely redefining how all of these things used to be done. Um, and so something e even as simple as recruiting needs to be completely reexamined. And organizations are we're sitting here trying to figure out how we're going to do this. And, and um, certainly the, the universities um, are helping us with that in that regard, but it's, it's still an example of something which has changed, which we took for granted that is changing dramatically. Professional services firms, uh, we work pretty hard, and um, you know there's been lots of um, we've tried to incorporate some team building things into into our day to day lives. So um, you know afternoon potluck on Friday, beer tasting Friday, going out to a hockey game, these types of things that organizations did to to do team building are are no longer there either. So um, you know having a Friday afternoon beer tasting. Uh, in the boardroom or the kitchen is dramatically different uh, than doing Friday afternoon beer tasting over a webcam uh, from your backyard. So um, that's, again, these are just simple examples of how everything is changing. And, and I'm sure we will figure it out, um, but you know, it's, it's just not business as usual anymore. Um, so you know, if, if, you're, if you're in an organization which has a, you know, so far as a permanent uh, work from home, um, you know, that's one thing. In, in our case, and a lot of organizations our size are looking to eventually return to work. Um, and, you know, no one knows exactly how that will be. And for, for many, uh, in many cases, that will be, no, it won't be a one size fits all. Um, you know, different organizations, depending on your size, have completely different issues. Uh, if you're a downtown firm like us, um, uh, parking is at a premium and, and many of our work colleagues take public transit. Um, so for them, you know, that is a particular risk factor that, um, that they need to consider. We happen to, uh, you know, work in a building which is not that, that big. So, you know, elevators um, and access to elevators um, and staggering times to get on elevators to get up to the office is really not an issue for us. We're on the second floor and everybody can walk up the stairs. So, you know, for us, using this as an example, um, you know, public transit's an issue, uh, elevators are not. Some organizations have different issues but so there's always you know reasons why you have to carefully stagger uh, the return to work not everybody's in the same position health-wise so you know what we're seeing with COVID in particular is um, you have to be very careful to address every employee's particular needs and concerns uh, so while your you know your colleagues may themselves not have any risk issues risk factors they might be living with with uh, family members who who do or are responsible for caring for people who do so i think what this means is that in terms of um, concerns you're almost bringing things down to um, the the sickest member in your in your household and you have to address the concerns as if everyone in that family is is working for you and making sure that you know you put in the necessary protocols on that um, office spacing um, is an issue as well. I mean, a lot of organizations are now working, uh, trying to do the social distancing. And if you've always had an office layout, which is 
conducive to building to teamwork where everybody is in close proximity to kind of foster that that creative thinking now you're having to look at that and say uh, this isn't going to work anymore and you know there might be some costs or redesign time that's required to to um, you know to address that, that level of concern um, so you know talk we love to talk about who the the winners and losers are I mean this is a complete reshuffling of the deck in terms of how uh, businesses operate and the tendency is to say well who's the winners and who are the losers I don't think there are any certainly in the professional services area there's really no winners I think um, and I don't want to characterize it as that um, there are some uh, there are some positives that are coming out of this um, one of them is, is simply the the rapid ad adoption of technology so you know a lot of organizations had a perhaps a three four or five year plan to kind of increase efficiencies more um, paperless workflows and those types of things and it's always been on a to-do list and have taken chunks of that you know, off that list every year I think what we're seeing now if there's any positive is a more rapid acceleration of that um, you know from a from a personal perspective I think what it's we're seeing certain taxing authorities like the Canada Revenue Agency starting to be more adaptable to to digital signatures um, that is definitely you know a positive thing uh, to take out of this anything that can be done digitally versus the old uh, sign-in mail has been uh, is certainly a welcome change from from my perspective um, and and also in terms of um, you know client interactions I think they're different um, there are certainly from a business development point of view there's nothing better than than sitting across the table from uh, from a prospect and telling them about yourselves um, and showing them your organization and some of the key people and trying to impress them with uh, the strength of, of the bench um, and that's more difficult to do so that that's something that is you know is is suffering but you know for existing clients a lot of the interactions are, are more efficient I think we've seen certainly a, a far greater uptake in um, in you know digital interactions with clients so um, digital meetings screen sharing so I think we're able to um, to make those client meetings a little bit more efficient um, and certainly um, in the short term I think a lot of people are quite willing to accommodate that and uh, and are not necessarily insistent on on sitting across the table and meeting face to face on you know the quote-unquote those who are the losers in this um, again it's a, it's a terrible term I think there are certain uh, certain demographic groups that are um, that are impacted by this I think it's become exceedingly difficult to well exceedingly difficult it's probably too harsh I think it's been more difficult and certainly a slower pace to bring new people in the organization up to up to speed so particularly those people who are um, you know recent graduates new hires uh, people who are early in their career who would normally have a more accelerated um, training program certainly get up to speed technically and how the organization works I think I think that is has become more more difficult a lot of learning on the job is done through osmosis and um, and now osmosis really is done uh, digitally virtually and and it is a slower process so I think people you're, what we're gonna see is we're gonna see um, you know new hires recent graduates who are going to take a little bit more time to get up to the standard that they would normally be at after six months or a year so I think that's uh, I think that's probably the, the group that is suffering the most and even in terms of those who are very experienced hires 
um, who do have all of the technical knowledge that they need to do the job. I think it will be a slower induction into into the culture of the practice and and learning processes than uh, if it's all done virtually. So I think that's where, uh, unfortunately, I think we'll we'll have to be a lot more patient in terms of people's progressions um, uh, when kind of evaluating how they're progressing in you know six months, eighteen months, that sort of thing. In terms of uh, you know the the cost of of operating a business in the professional services sector, uh, has this been impacted by COVID? Um, yes, I mean certainly you know there's been a, a significant outlay in terms of um, upgrading the infrastructure to work remotely, whether that be hardware, software, the cost of implementation, and all of those sorts of things. So um, again, you know a lot of organizations were planning on doing that, and this has really just accelerated that five-year capital budget into a three-month period. Um, but aside from from those upfront costs, uh, you know, it's hard to tell. I don't I don't think there'll be a significant cost increase in terms of running a business. Um, you know, certainly there's more uh, sanitizing protocols and some supplies and that sort of thing. But in terms of the overall budget that uh, professional services firms face, big line items being salaries and uh, and rent costs. I don't think you know the the additional cost of at least for for professional services firms, the additional costs of running a business are are going to be um, too dramatic. I don't think it's going to be a deal breaker uh, for, for many organizations. On a personal side, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see whether there's an impact on, on salaries. I mean, certainly, you know, people working from home, if your organization doesn't provide you with the, the personal infrastructure you need um, and basically says, here's the laptop, but, you know, you need to have scanners and those types of things that you don't, they don't supply that for you, then there's definitely a personal cost there. Even at a very, you know, at a sm much smaller level, um, you know, your, inter your home internet plan may have been uh, quite fine for the occasional download and, um, you know, maybe the occasional Netflix watching. But now if you're kind of spending 40 hours a week um, doing video conferencing and that sort of thing, you know, there might be some additional personal costs that are associated with uh, working from home that hopefully most employers will Will recognize or incremental to this whole pandemic, and will will cover the cost for their employees. And certainly, we've done that internally. Uh, um, when people need to upgrade their their internet plans, we've been more than happy to do it. Um, you know, again, some discussion. If you've got a completely this is a permanent structure, um, permanent arrangement, and you're, um, you know, it doesn't really matter where your employees work. Then you know, if you're in a larger center, so you know, if you're a Toronto professional services firms firm and now you can you know it doesn't matter where your employees work uh, obviously the cost of living in Toronto is different than it is in Brandon Manitoba but you know so if you have people in Brandon using that as an example um, you know maybe you don't pay them as much so we'll see how how the if and how the permanent work from home um, arrangement has a uh, an impact on salary structure particularly in in larger high cost uh, centers. I don't think that's an issue so much here in Ottawa. Um, our cost of living, particularly a housing front, is quite reasonable compared to Toronto, Vancouver, and some other centers like that. But that's, again, that's something to, to look out for. I, I think the bottom line here is, this is you know what I would call a complete reshuffling of the deck of cards. Um, if you've relied on size uh, in your organization as your kind of, you know, your, your, your winning factor, you know, you compete because of your size and you're able to do things because you're big and that's really your only um, ace, in the, ace in the hole, 
then um, you know I think that might be somewhat dangerous. I think that we've got a complete reshuffling of the deck, and uh, I think nimbleness and the ability to react and redesign things is is definitely going to be one of the key success factors going forward. Size doesn't matter anymore. I don't think it ever did, uh, but certainly I don't think it matters anymore. Those that are quick decision makers and are able to kind of adapt um, are the ones that are, are going to succeed the most. And I think as a business owner or as a manager of a professional services firm, um, I think if you're the kind of person who likes consistency and likes to know exactly how things are going to run and you don't like change, I think it's going to be a difficult period of time. So, you know, things are looking up right now. I think the numbers of COVID cases are going to be quite specific to this point in time are coming down. But, you know, so but that might not always be the case. And, and if we're kind of going through a whole series of ups and downs, um, which is essentially the way a roller coaster works, um, I think you're going to um, you're going to have to have some um, nerves of steel as a business owner. I think you're going to have to be quite adaptable and uh, just be willing to to um, redesign things on the fly. And uh, and I think if you're not in that category, then um, you're in for uh, a tough period of time. So that that's it. I mean, those are generally my comments on on how I see this playing out. I think the general theme here is um, adapt or move aside. Um, be tolerant of your uh, of your your employees and your your work colleagues' uh, particular concerns and and. Um, their own schedules and and health issues for them and their family but more importantly just be ready to to deal with a period of, of rapid uh, change and um, you know keep working on on those things redesigning your processes as things continue to evolve so that you know you can get back to the efficiencies that you've been been used to so that's it I think in in future uh, podcasts I'm going to deal with more some more specific issues such as um, the taxation of working from home and things that are more, uh, more specific but are still related to uh, some of the issues that are, are happening with COVID. So thank you for joining and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you.